0: Well, I'm deeply honored to be here. Anybody else here from the southeast besides me? Where? I'm from Jackson, Mississippi. I was born in Jackson, Where? In Jackson, Mississippi. <laughs> I know, I read your bio now. I'm going to have to come down and give you a hug, young lady. You're from Jackson, my hometown. Good night alive. Where, Jackson? Where? I don't I don't My parents are both native California so they only live there. Like, oh, I see. Okay. That is amazing, isn't it? Where are you from, sir? City, for sure. I can't hear with your Louisiana. mask on. Louisiana. Louisiana. Oh! I took my granddaughters, my grandbabies, my, my daughter, and my grandbabies to Disneyland Friday. And we saw all these LSU. I had my Mississippi State cap on. You know, the LSU people come up to me and we chat. I said, Well, I hope y'all do good tomorrow, which was yesterday. <laughs> They didn't do very good. They got beat 38-27 to 27 by UCLA. But anyway, it was a, I got to watch part of the game. It was a very interesting game. Now, let's get back to the Word of God. That's what we're here for, and it is an honor and a blessing to be here with you all. I'll tell you that for sure. But you are absolutely right. Uh, whenever I hear somebody say, yes, ma'am, or yes, sir, I ask me, where are you from? And they are from the South. Are either there in the military or a Christian or maybe a combination of the three. But that is an unusual thing. Just as a suggestion, y'all might want to start thinking about saying yes or no, sir, yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. It's very polite, and very courteous, very respectful thing. But that's up to you. That's the way I do it. And at 74, I'm not going to change, okay? But, that's not what we hear about. I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles with me to. The book of Luke, chapter nine, verses twenty three and twenty-four. Now let me tell you kind of what I do. As I read through this, I have I asked different ones of y'all to stand up and read the scripture, because I like for y'all to get involved when I teach or preach or something of that nature. So, who would like to stand up and read Luke nine, twenty three, and twenty four out of your English Bible? Anybody? Go for it, young lady. What is your name? Ashley. Yeah. Wow, that was the name of my fourth daughter who was killed. God bless you, hon. Go for it. Okay. And he said to them all, whoever wants to be my, my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save us. Very good. Thank you so much. So what I'm going to do through this whole, these whole two verses, I'm going to kind of give you an amplified translation of it. So it says he was saying to them all. Literally, that phrase was saying means, means it was a continuous, ongoing thing. Why? Because we're all flawed, skewed, imbecilic individuals. People are you calling me an imbecile? Yes, because that's what we are. <laughs> uh, and I'll tell you, at 74 and two thirds, I'll be 75 in January. I've been a Christian now, will be 56 years this coming October. And the one thing that God has taught me as I grow older is how ignorant I really am. And uh, we're going to get into that. But to realize, oh my God, you've called us to be babies. That means utterly dependent on him. That's what's essential. What we sang this morning, that last song, ladies and gentlemen, that's the essence of it. So here's what he's saying. He was saying he was continually saying to them all, "If anyone continually desires to continually come after me," in other words, you're a born again Christian. You've committed your life to Jesus Christ. He is your Lord and Savior. You're following him. Boom. Now, that phrase let him deny himself or let her deny herself. I'm going to give you an amplified translation of what that means. I'm going to read it like this. Let her or him deny, disown, wow, renounce, whoa, refuse, and reject. Now, let me just say that this, these two verses right after I got saved, God, sovereignly by the power of the Holy Spirit, led me to these two verses. They have been foundational for my life ever since. And so when we look at that first phrase, let him or her renounce, disown, reject himself or herself, then look next, and let him or her take up his cross. Now you see in the English daily, it means all day during the day. And what it's really saying is that in each and every instance where your carnality, because listen, even though we're born again, what we're saying up there, the only hope we have is the imputed, that's the big $5 word. What does that mean? That means the righteousness that Jesus put in us with, from himself by the power of the Holy Spirit coming in. We don't have anything else to point to. Now, after we do that, then we're going to be able to follow him. So that means if you're not doing this, if you're not rejecting yourself, who are you following? Anybody? What, sir? Yourself. Absolutely. And, folks, let me tell you something. We're very flawed and skewed people. Now, I want to turn to the Old Testament real quickly here. Turn to the book of Genesis, chapter. Six there, and verse five. Let me get there. Hold on. Genesis six five. Who would like to read that? Anybody? We had a a young lady. Let's have a let's have a young man stand up. Or an old man. Or whoever. <laughs> Come on, guys. There you go. Very good. And your name, sir? Josh. All right, Josh. Go for it, brother. Thank you, sir. I'm going to give you an amplified translation. And the Lord saw that great, the English says the evil was great. Literally, the word great is first. Isn't that amazing? And the Lord saw that great was the evil of man on the earth. And some of the formation of his thoughts were bad. Is that what it says? What does it say Every. Now this word there literally means the formation before you're even cognizant of your thoughts. Is that incredible or what? So every formation of the thoughts of his heart, and this is literally only evil all the day. The first thing the Holy Spirit does, John 16, 8 through 11. Just write that down if you're interested. In leading us to a saving faith in Christ, what is the first thing the Holy Spirit points out to us? Anybody? Three-letter word. Begins with an S, ends with an N. Sin. (laughs) Sin. He points out to us our sin. Because aside from that, we think we're God. Now, I didn't, we didn't really read that this morning, but we're going to do it now. I feel like it'd be important. Let's turn to, to uh, Genesis 3 real quick. And we have there the confrontation of Satan with Eve and then subsequently with Adam. But he's, he's a serpent. He comes in the form of a bodily form of a serpent. And he says, oh, has God said you can't eat from all of this? Listen, understand this. We are in a spiritual battle. Spiritual, mental, and emotional battle. It can't even be physical. But you need to understand that Satan is not a little guy with a horn, a little tail running around like that. No, he's an evil entity. He's a being. He's a spiritual being. He was cast out of heaven. But the spiritual battle is real. You go and read Ephesians 6. 10 through 20. And I mean, we're not going to take time to do it. All, well, all the way through 22, actually. But that's huge. That's what we're facing every day, all day. All right? And so he said, has God said, you can't, oh, no, we can't eat from, we just can't eat from that middle one, the one, the tree of knowledge, good and evil, because if we do, we'll die. Oh, my lands. Someone stand up and read Genesis 3, 4, through seven please who'd like to do that we had a guy another another lady young lady who wants to do that our old lady our older lady put it that way <laughs> oh good go for it I can barely hear Did you read verse seven? Oh, my land. So here's what that is. We're not going to take time, but you go back and read Genesis 2, 8 and 9. It talks about God making the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the other fruit. He said they were beautiful to the eyes, good for food. But he said, told Adam, if you eat of that tree of knowledge of good and evil, you will die unequivocally. Now, you look here in verse 4, and Satan said, uh, the serpent said to the woman, you will not die. In the English, you read that real clearly. When God spoke to Adam there in Genesis 2, 15 and 16, he says, to die you will die. It's a very emphatic formation. Satan here in this verse is saying, to die you will not die. Here's what God showed me. Every promise, not some, not most, not a majority, every promise that God gives us, listen, of blessing or of consequence, Satan is going to come and deny it with equal emphasis. Keep that in mind. That's the spiritual battle that we're in. Okay? So, she looks at it, he says, if you eat that, You're going to be just like God. Basically, you're going to be God, continually knowing good and evil. In other words, you're going to be continually making up your standard of morality. Are you with me? Now, we see in our nation today an overt rejection of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what do we see happening? we see people making up their own morality. We see this whole thing going in Texas with abortion. We see this whole thing with homosexuality. I have a dear friend of mine. We played ball together in high school and and I went to Mississippi State. He was a couple years behind me, went to Ole Miss. And y'all remember Archie Manning? How many of you remember him? Nobody, y'all don't know. Okay, that's right, this is the West Coast. Anyway, we played against each other. He's been, he's an attorney in Jackson, Mississippi. He's been in this one church there for 40 years. About 15 years ago, they hired this new pastor. He comes in, and he is now teaching that homosexuality and same-sex marriage is perfectly all right with God. They want to ordain a homosexual. He wrote me a letter just to what in the world I do, so I'm in the process of responding. But as I read what this pastor wrote, he sent two letters out. And I told him, I said, so-and-so, this is cultic. This is not a Christian having a different... I said, this is... He's denying the scripture, both the Old and New Testament. It's a complete denial. It's a cult. It's like saying you can be saved through some other means. That's really what he's saying. It's a cult. He's a very, very slick guy. But let me tell you this. this. What that pastor's writing is exactly what... Adam, what Eve, exactly what Satan said to Eve, you'll be your own God knowing good and evil continually. You'll be making up your own morality. Is that incredible or what? We see the fall happens. We see Genesis 6, chapter, uh, chapter 6, verse 5. Now, here is the reality with all of that. As believers in Jesus Christ, we are in an ongoing battle, period, until you breathe your last breath. Now, let's see, we had a lady that read that. I want a gentleman to stand up and let's turn, if we may, to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and I want us to read verses 3 through 5, please. Who would like to do that? Some Good, young man, what's your name? Stand up and go for it, young man. You said three five? Three five, yes. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. Stop right there. That word waging war. I'm going to give you the pronunciation of the... No, 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 don't sit down, sit down. I'm going to give you pronunciation of the, the word they're waging. It's stratuo. What does that sound like in English? What? Somebody, Anybody. Strategize For even though we live in this body We don't strategize According to our flawed Skewed imbecilic reasoning Keep going now Next verse, verse 4 For the weapons of our warfare. Stop right there The weapons of our warfare You know what that word is? Stratia Which sounds like what? Strategy For the weapons of our Strategy are what? Oh, my land's alive. You know what those strongholds are? Those areas in our lives that we're most susceptible to. can be anything and everything. But that's what we have. Not leaning to our own flawed, skewed reasoning, because it is flawed and skewed. But coming back to the living, eternal Word of God. Now, keep going, verse 5. And- Stop right there. The word arguments. The word arguments. I'm going to give you the pronunciation of the Greek word there. Tell me what it sounds like in English. Logismos. What? Logistics. Logistics are logic. Continually destroying our flawed, skewed, narcissistic, misdirected logical reasonings. Whoa. Keep going, son. You did a good job, young man. Thank you for standing up. The word "thought" there also means plot. When you go back and read Ephesians 6:10 through 22, he's talking about the plot. The enemy comes at us with his flaming missiles. This all—that's a metaphor. He's describing Roman warfare. Now, if I sat here and we had a a bow and arrow and had a bale of hay back there, I didn't have a target, just the bale of hay, and I shot that arrow through the bale of hay. You wouldn't even be able to find where that arrow went in and out. You did just guess. But on the other hand, if I had a wad of cloth on it, poured kerosene and lit it, and that thing hit that bale of hay, what would happen? That is exactly what Satan is doing with his flaming missiles. Are you with me? They're inflamed, and when they hit our lives with his thoughts, then they inflame us. It could be anger, it could be resentment, it could be pride, jealousy, it could be anything. Are you with me? Where we're susceptible. There are two very, very strong emotions, carnal emotions that we have that eat us up and spit us out. One is a hyphenated word. First letter is S, and the second, not first, the first. The first letter of the first word is S, hyphenated. The next word begins with a P. What is that? All right. Ma'am? Did you say something? What? Oh, okay, you don't want it to say it. What did she say? What? She said Yes! Hand in the air, ma'am. Put your hand in the air. Bam. Very good, sir. Thank you. That's exactly right. Self-pity. That's a trap. That's part of what we just got through reading. Back over here. Let's go back to Luke again. Luke chapter 9. That's part of disowning ourselves. Believe me, that's going to be a battle for you. Because Satan comes, oh you poor thing, I didn't fail. Look at those people over there. When I was at Mississippi State, one of the things I learned is you fall into self pity, you're dead meat. Why? Because everything happens to everybody. You all get injuries, you all get all things. You get so. But that's huge. That's self pity. Now, as a young man, I was a defensive tackle. And I was pretty fast. People say, how much did you weigh? I, I was, believe this or not, but understand this is over 50 years ago. Alabama at the time, they didn't have anybody over 215 in the line. I know today that looks weird. they got cheerleaders weighing that much now, don't they? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I was a
0: 220-pound defensive tackle. And I was fast. I could skip to there. But what would happen periodically is the quarterback would drop back like he was going to he would fake the pitch out and do it, and I would—I was fast enough. But I would either—I would be on the inside shoulder of the tackle, outside shoulder of the guard, and then there were times I could sprint in there fast enough and get the. Court. Any y'all ever seen Mississippi State football games? Anybody here? Nobody. Yeah. Well, we have cowbells, so when something happens, great, everybody rings a cowbell. We're going to be playing LSU. Hopefully, we beat them as well in a few weeks. So if you guys watch ESPN, watch that. But. Cowbells would ring. My coaches, pull, they would say, Justin, listen, you got to quit doing that because here's what's going to happen. Your opposing team, they get the films of your previous games and they watch them. And they watch what each player does and how you do it. They're going to watch you. And he said, they're going to pull something off. They're going to fake with you coming in there. And they're going, okay, coach, I would stop. But then I'd go right back to it. Because it worked. I can't get it. I can't. We played this one team three times. I did that. The quarterback faked it out. He threw it back to this other guy. There was a hole big enough he could drive a truck through three times. Almost scored a touchdown. He pulled me out the game, set me on the sidelines. That was Saturday night. We went back home, flew back home. Sunday was a light day, but not for me. He had me on shoulder pads and hitting the bag. Monday was a semi-light day, but not for me. It was hard, hard. Tuesday and Wednesday were the really hard days, and they were really, really hard for me. And I was in oh, in it's failure. It's I saw so much do this, and I saw so do that. And then God had me sovereignly read Hebrews chapter 12, verses 4 through 11. We're not going to take time to go through it now, but it's about God's discipline of His children and how He scourges us. Does that sound like fun? Any of you guys here play football? Oh my goodness, okay. I don't know what other hard things to think of. but uh, Anybody here being in martial arts at all? Anybody? Nobody, okay. Uh, It was really painful what he put me through. And you come to verse 11 there, it says, No discipline of the Lord is pleasant, but painful. But afterwards, it yields the peaceful fruit of God's righteousness in us. And that's what happened with me. And I saw that and I said, oh my God, it's not about me. It's about you, Lord, doing, it's about me doing what the team needs to be done that we can win the game. The following week, we ended up playing LSU down at Baton Rouge. And sure enough, that guard pulled, which typically I would have run in there and you could see me going, whoop, and I stopped. And this is what the coach said. He laughed, he turned, stopped the film, he said, Pain is a great teacher, isn't she, Justin? And I said, yes, sir. <laughs> but let me just tell you this. God disciplines us because he loves us. Because we are flawed, skewed people. Now, I want to show you what the Bible has to say about that. We already read that every thought is perverted. We read here in 2 Corinthians. But I'd like for us now to turn back, if we may, to the book of Proverbs, chapter three. Actually, before we do that, let's go look. Let's look at chapter sixteen, verse eighteen. Ooh. So let's see. I forget the sequence now. Got, oh, you read? Okay. Now we need a young lady who wants to read. Good. Go for it. Sweetie. What is your name, sweetheart? Yeah. Okay. Good. Stand up and read, sweetheart, if you would, please. Verse. Chapter 16, verse 18. That word destruction means being shattered. Thank you, sweet angel. That means being shattered. In martial arts, I've been in it for many years, we teach what's called mass attack, how to defend yourself. That means if you've got three or four more people coming at you, you act like you're Timmy timid. Well, oh, I'm sorry, I don't want to. Because you get out and the and, boy, you know, they can come at you. you to, oh. And typically what'll happen, they, they'll either leave you alone or the guy who thinks he's the tough guy will come. Yeah, he you know, push you around. And that's kind of what we focus on. And we say, you wait. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. And the next time he comes, he's not suspecting anything. Then we, we talk, show him what to do. Basically, you leave him on the ground, blood coming out of his face, and you scream and yell, and other people run. Let me tell you something. That's the way Satan does us. He comes, oh, you don't have to do what God says. It's going to be okay. You know this? Oh, look, these other people, oh, it's not going to be. A, just go ahead and do whatever you want to do. Or you don't have to, you, can't, you think God can help you? God can't help you. You're just you, crazy. You need to go do it yourself. He's coming at you in fear that you can't wait on God, and he's coming at you in pride and the other way. Well, you can do better than what God says. You don't need to know that. Am I right? Stand up one more time, sweet angel, and read this verse one more time. Proverbs sixteen eighteen. Everybody listen. Read it as loud as you can. I want everybody to hear it. Okay. Pride, goes before Stop. Pride goes before being utterly shattered. And the haughty spirit before a fall. Ooh, that fall means you're basically... You have nothing underneath you. Boom. Thank you, daughter. Is that incredible or what? Now, both of those emotions come out of our flawed, skewed mind, even as believers. Now, we're secure in our salvation, but listen. Satan is coming at you to keep you from experiencing the abundant life that Jesus gave you. Wow. I want us to turn now to Proverbs chapter 3. Verses five and six. Who'd like to stand up and say we need a young man or an old man or a younger man, whatever, middle-aged man, anybody? Oh, good, very good, sir. And your name, sir? Tim. Brother Tim. Okay, brother Tim. We'll go ahead and read verses five and six, please. Five and six. Three, five, and six. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Ha! Huh? All or most? Uh, all. How much is all? Trust the Lord with all your heart. Keep going. But lean not on your own. Ooh, you know that word "lean not" means don't lift up and exalt yourself, thinking you're the best thing since sliced bread. <laughs> oh, I know what God says, but that's but theology, not what you're sitting on. But but conjunction. Go ahead. Uh, in all your ways- Stop right there. How many? How many of your ways? means every aspect of your life spiritually your job your family your husband your wife children everything in all your ways what acknowledge now let me i want everybody to write this down i want that word acknowledge is not a really good translation most people do that the word there in the hebrew that's a verb meaning to know it literally is an imperative in all your ways know him acknowledge means say hey, yeah i see What's your name again, baby? Uh, I, see Madeline, I see her sitting there. I acknowledge that. Okay. And I see your name is? Josh. Yeah. I see Josh sitting there. I know, you know, I acknowledge that. But I don't know Josh. I don't know anything about it. The word there means no, not just acknowledge God's there. Know Him. Know what He says. Okay. Now, let me tell you the two passages that God took me to to show me what this was. Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Matthew 4, 1 through 11. And Luke 4, 1 through 13. Those two passages recount Jesus' temptation with Satan. And when Satan came at Jesus, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, the lust of the eyes... Did Jesus quote Rabbi Hillel and Rabbi Shammai, who were the leading rabbis at that time? Is that what he did? No. What did he quote? No. The Word of God. See, you understand. I don't sit down yet. We're almost done. <laughs> you see, Jesus was fully God, but he was also fully man. He had to be tempted in all ways as we are, yet without sin, that he could redeem us. Isn't that amazing? So, the fully man Jesus knew the Word of God. So when it says in all your ways know him, that's what it means. You know what God. That means you need to be a student of God's word. I didn't say this first uh, uh, semester, first first uh, uh, service. We were at the you know Disneyland the other day, and these kids came in and said, uh, "Let earth be invaded by heaven" or something. I figured. I said, "What does that mean?" Oh, well, we're, this is a Christian. I said, great. I said, well, how, can, how are you going to do it? They said, well, uh, I said, here's how you're going to do it. I said, Holy Spirit comes in you, empowers you. You're to be a witness everywhere. And I said, let me just say, you, young people. I said, number one, you need to be in the Word of God. When I got saved, this pastor told me that in, in Mississippi State. He said, Justin, you're here at Mississippi State, you're not going to get Bible studies in your class. You need to focus on the Word of God like it was another course. And I did that for the next almost four years, three and a half years. That was huge. Another pastor told me about could pray about everything. So what this is saying, first of all, if you don't read the Word consistently, you're not going to know what He says, are you? You're going to be guided by your flawed, skewed, perverted Natural reason, which is what verse five says, don't be. But in all your ways know Him. Now read the next part, please. Now he read that real calmly. Thank you very much, sir. I'm going to give you an amplified translation of that because that verb stem. I know it doesn't mean squat to y'all, but it's it's what's called the pl in Hebrew. You say, what in the world does that mean? It's an intensive, causative verb form. And all your ways, know him. And he will cause your paths to be straightened out. If you read that in the Hebrew, you would know that's exactly what it's saying. Isn't that amazing? He is going to cause your paths to be straightened out. Not you and your flawed, skewed, misdirected reasoning. Wow. Now let's go back to verse 24. What time do I need to finish? 11.50. 1150, Oh, good. Okay, I got five minutes. So let's turn back here to Luke 9.24. For whoever would choose to save his life. That word life does not talk about your physical. It's talking about your inner man, your identity. And I call this but theology. Not what we're sitting on. I know what you're saying, Lord, but... Blah, 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 blah. As you trying to save, oh, I want this. I want, because that's your sense of identity, your sense of worth, or whatever it may be. Folks, let me tell you, that's a lie right out of the pit. You're going to end up losing it. It's like the, 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 the guy's coming, oh, I'm sorry, I don't want to, no. And if they leave me, great. But, oh, you push it. Boom, I'm going to do this, and he's going to be on the ground bleeding, and I'm going to scream and yell at the other people. That's when you lose it, See? when you say I know what God says but my life is this nobody cares about me oh God that is the apex of self pity which is just we got a bunch of ladies here that will hit you to where you won't be able to move anything you'll be absolutely eliminated okay but now we look at the second half of that verse but whoever would choose to lose his inner man his narcissistic self. Wow. For my sake, he is the one who will save it. Wow. Let me just say this: as we're in our nation today, we see a tragic administration calling good evil and evil good. Never in my life at seventy-four two-thirds have ever seen anything like this. But it's here. Now, you can grab quit, or you can say, Lord, I'm going to stand and fight to the death. And I don't mean just metaphorically, I mean literally. That's what God's called us to do. And these oh, these songs that they sang, my lands, ladies and gentlemen, that is the essence of our worship. And that's where we need to be. So, uh, I don't know how many of you here are believers or not. I have no idea. But I'm to, I didn't do it first service. I'm going to do this prayer. Just bow our heads, please. Romans ten thirteen says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you're here and you've never invited Jesus Christ into your life to be your Lord and Savior, I want you to pray this with me right now. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I failed you. But I'm asking you, O oh Lord, to come into my life to save me, to forgive me, and to cleanse me. And I thank you for doing that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Romans 10, 13 says, Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. He's done it. For those of you who are here believers today, and you're struggling with things in your life, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for saving me. And I choose by the power of your Holy Spirit to surrender all day during the day and bringing every narcissistic, carnal thought in obedience to you. And I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.